0: it's September 18th and this is the 7th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. This weekend, Saturday, September 19th, tomorrow, we have UFC Fight Night COVID- Covington versus Woodley. This fight has been a long, long, long time in the making and it's finally happening. It almost feels like, you know, with no crowd and and it kind of just coming up on a fight night, uh, it kind of crept up on us and, you know, there hasn't been too much hype Uh, behind it Covington's been pretty quiet which is kind of surprising I mean this you know during the fight week he's been talking a little bit more um, but taking kind of a different approach and being more quiet Um, maybe he's hard to work at training he knows um, that Tyron Woodley is going to be a tough competitor Uh, maybe you know he's a little bit more humble in his approach and uh, Tyron Woodley you know Coming off those two losses, uh, first against Kamar Usman for the belt. You know, he lost the belt to Kamara Usman. And then, you know, trying to come back and uh, lost to Gilbert Burns. And he lost those two fights very similarly. And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a big fight for Woodley because it's kind of do or die in my opinion. I mean, if he can't beat Covington, then he almost becomes one of those fighters that, you know, he's fighting the lower guys coming up. And uh, it, it's going to take a while for him to get back to the top if it, if he gets down to that kind of position, almost like a gatekeeper position. And, and you don't want to be in that kind of position because that kind of just, it tarnishes your career at that point. Now, Covington also is kind of in a, a spot, you know, he just, his last fight was against uh, Usman, and, you know, he's looking for a title shot. And if he finishes Woodley or just beats Woodley in good fashion, I think he stakes a claim well to get that title shot back, especially if he gets a finish. Uh because, you know, Woodley did lose dominant decisions to Usman and Burns. If he can get a finish, that kind of, you know, re cements his claim. Now, how I see this fight going down, it's such a tough tough uh spot to pick a pick a winner. But, you know, I could see this fight ending in You know, a couple ways. This matchup for Woodley is probably also not stylistically in his favor. You know, Covington has forward pressure, has good cardio, you know, mixes it up, throws volume of strikes, also goes to the ground, will attack you with submissions, making you focus on that, and then also throwing crazy amounts, amounts of punches. So this is going to be tough for Tyron Woodley because you saw how he did against two pressure fighters in his past two fights so a lot of people think oh it's just gonna end the same way you know it has and it very well could you know Covington could just swarm Woodley and Woodley can't do much about it and Covington gets the decision but if you can't get if you're Tyron Woodley and you can't get up for this fight against Kobe Covington I don't know what's gonna get you up I mean these guys have had such animosity for so long I couldn't imagine Tyron Woodley isn't super motivated for this fight. So, would it, would, could we see old Woodley? Yeah, I really do think we could. Are we going to? I don't know. And, you know, Woodley's obviously very dangerous. You know, he has knockout power that can put you to sleep with one punch. And his wrestling game is good as well. Um, so, it's going to be tough. I mean, I see this fight going one of two ways. Uh, You know, Covington really dominates, maybe gets a finish or just drags it to the, you know, later rounds and gets a dominant finish or Woodley knocks Covington out. I think it's one or the other. Uh, it should be interesting. I, I you know, I, I can't go against Covington just based off of what Woodley's past performances have been. I would love to see Woodley be old Woodley and, you know, see him perform well, but I can't pick him until he proves me otherwise. Uh, So for me, prediction-wise, I'm going to go Covington, but I can see it very well going in the hands of Woodley by knockout. Now, Covington is the very big underdog, uh, not underdog, favorite. Uh, Minus 360, Woodley's underdog at plus 290. And uh, this is going to be a great bout. You know it's kind of crazy that we're finally getting it, and uh, you know it would it would be interesting to see with the crowd, and you know there would be a lot of hype and everything. But regardless, I'm super excited to see this fight. It's going to be a good one, and uh, it should be interesting to see what would we we get. And another thing is is Covington's always improved in his fights. We always see him improving in fights, and if he continues to improve and we see improvements, you know from last time in this fight, I think Covington could eventually be the best hundred and seventy pound fighter on the planet. Um, you know, he was in my opinion and on the global scorecards on verdict winning the fight against Usman until he got finished. So, you know, he's got a claim to that title. So I'd like to also see him do well as as well. Uh so that's the main event at the on this week's fight night. Um in the co-main event, we got Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price in the welterweight division. Price is the favorite and Donald Cerrone is the underdog here. And you know, on paper they style they match up, you know, pretty uh, even. Cerrone's got 1 inch uh, height on Nico Price and Nico Price has a 3 inch reach advantage. Both orthodox. So, you know, it it's an interesting fight because we're always wondering what, what Cowboy is going to show up. You know, which fighter is going to show up? He seems motivated at the press conferences and stuff and, and, you know, on the media, but you just don't know. You know, he acted that way for Connor, but obviously, you know, look how that happened. And, and he's been on a big losing streak. He's 36 and 15. A lot of people have been questioning his career. I know he says that he doesn't have retirement in his mind at all, but you just don't know. I mean,. How much does the dog have left in him? And he's got a tough guy in Nico Price. Nico Price coming off of a loss, but he's always in the fight. He always finds a way to win. A lot of the times, you know, he might even be losing and and he's just got crazy knockout power. He's strong. I just see him swarming Cerrone. I see him, even if Cerrone's tagging him, I still think he's dangerous and a threat. And I see him clipping Cerrone and probably knocking him out. I would love to see Cerrone fight, you know, Cowboys fight, but I just think Price is going to get it done here. And uh, I see Price as a problem for Cerrone a little bit, especially when Cerrone can start off slow. Uh, Price could really capitalize on that. And even if he doesn't, I think he's dangerous through the whole entire fight. So... We'll see what happens, but I'm going priced by knockout. And in the next fight in the middleweight division, we have Kazmat Chemayev making his octagon return, coming off of two wins, back to back within a week's time, facing Gerald Mirshart. A lot of shit talking being coming from Chemayev, Chemayev, you know, kind of coming into that superstar role. He has another fight lined up for this uh, at Fight Island against Damian Maya. So, you know, this is the first time the UFC has done this, uh, you know, booking a – double booking of a, a fighter. You know, he had a fight two in a row, you know, a week's time, but they booked it right after his fight. They didn't book it before. You know, he has this fight lined up and then he's got another one. So, you know, that this is the first time. It should be interesting. You know, this is – Chemayev's 8-0. Oh, this is probably one of his toughest fights because Mirchart just has such experience. He's 31-13. And, and um, you know, he's he's gonna be probably a little bit stronger than most guys that Chemaev has faced. So here's the thing. Is Chamaev gonna be able to do what he's been doing to every you know opponent to Mirchart? And I'd say yes over time, I think that Meerhard's gonna be a tough opponent for him. he's gonna last the first round, but I think Chemayev is pretty legit. I don't know about you know the top top dogs, but I think he's a problem for for you know the fighters that aren't ranked and even in the lower rankings. so I think you know he's probably gonna get this done in the second round. I know they were talking shit about. Uh, black belts, and blue belts, and I'm going to choke you out, and this and that. So I'm going Chemayev by submission in round two. I do think Shart's going to be a little bit tougher, so I do believe he'll make it out of the first round. But uh, I got Chemayev. It's hard to go against the 8-0 guy. You know, he's tough. He reminds you a lot of Khabib Nurmagomedov. If you haven't checked this guy out, definitely go check him out. Tune in this weekend to watch him. He's very very fun to watch this fight will be in the middleweight division so when he goes to fight damian maya that fight will be at welterweight so he's gonna have to cut weight again to you know within a week's time um but you know that's not something that he hasn't done because last time he fought at once uh 185 and then cut down to 170 with with a week's time and did it so this shouldn't be too big of a concern but it should be a fun fight to watch should be interesting to see if this guy's the real deal so in the fight before that, we have in the light heavyweight division, we have Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann. Walker is the favorite. Uh, Spann is the slight underdog. But you know what? This is a pretty uh, interesting fight. You know, Walker 17-5, and five, Spann's 18-5. and five. You know, Walker seemed to be like he was going to be the next up-and-coming star, and then he got a couple losses, and, you know, he's looking to kind of bounce back. Spann is, is uh, you know... Trying to climb. And although neither fighter to me has fought anyone uh, super tough or or, uh, super impressive, I do think for both of these fighters it's their biggest challenge yet. Walker has the slight height and reach advantage. They're both orthodox. You know, this is a tough fight, but I do think. Walker can kind of do some not so uh, smart things. I think he's super athletic, but I don't know if the mental IQ is there. I know he does have a good coaching system around him for this camp and this fight, so it could play out in his favor. But I do think Smith, uh, Span is going to come with a good game plan and probably win by decision. Um, you know, but Walker's always dangerous. Walker could finish Span, but I'm just going with uh, Span by decision in this fight. And in the women's strawweight division, we have Mackenzie Dern versus Rhonda Marcos. You know, Dern has been looking very impressive. She's 8-1, and one, a submission artist. And Rhonda Marcos, you know, she's 10-9. and nine, And she kind of, she wins one, loses one. She's never won two in a row and never lost two in a row. So she's always bouncing back and forth from wins and losses. I'm going with Mackenzie Dern by submission, probably round one or two. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I definitely think she'll get the finish, and I think she's going to climb. I, I really like Dern. I think she's special. I think uh, you know, she's a very tough fighter, and she should get this win. And in the first fight on the main card in the middleweight division, we have the favorite Kevin Holland versus the underdog Darren Stewart. I'm going with Kevin Holland by KO. I really like this guy. I like his striking. He's got such reach. He's going to have the reach advantage in this fight at 81 inches compared to Stewart at 74. He's got the slight height advantage too with three inches on Stewart. I do think Stewart's legit though. I mean, he's built well. He's a little bit stockier than Holland, uh, but obviously shorter. He's 12 and 5, and Holland's 18 and 5, but I just like Holland's striking. He has a little bit of funky power, if that makes sense. Like he hits you with stuff that you know you might not think would knock you out, but he ends up putting you out. Um, I'm going Holland by knockout, and I do think he'll get it done by Dar- uh, over Darren Stewart. And Holland's a guy that he's gonna climb, and 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 he should be someone that the fighters should be looking out for for sure. Uh, I do think he's pretty legit, and he's fun to watch. So that's the main card of UFC Fight Night Covington versus Woodley. Wow, what a fight uh, card. What an event. I can't wait. Really great event. It's probably one of the best so far that's not pay-per-view. Uh, you know, you got a pay-per-view quality main event right here, and the undercards are solid as well. So, you know, you couldn't get much better than that for a non-pay-per-view. So that's UFC fight night, uh, Covington versus Woodley. So, big news in the UFC. Michael Chandler has signed with the UFC, signed with them the other day, and that's such big news. Uh, You know, he's saying farewell to Bellator. He's had 23 fights with them, which is tied for most company history. He had 18 victories there. 13 of them were finishes, and 11 of his fights were title fights, which is most in the company history. He did a lot for that company. I'm sure they're grateful for him. He's grateful for them. But, you know, now he's with the UFC, and that's great. He's adding to that 105, 55 pounds division, the most stacked division, in my opinion, in the UFC. Such tough guys. And Dana White announced that he's going to serve as the backup to Khabib versus Ferguson at UFC 254 if one of them drops out, he'll fill in. And I think that's you know, a lot of people were upset that Tony Ferguson wasn't chosen, you know. And I understand that. Ferguson really does deserve that, but here's the thing. Gaethje just beat Ferguson. So, you know, if Khabib dropped out, let's say Gaethje's going to have a rematch with Ferguson and eh, you know, we just had it. If Gaethje dropped out, yeah, it'd be good, but you know, you'd get to Khabib Ferguson, but you're taking the risk, you know. This way, if either drops out, it's a completely new fighter. Neither of them have faced uh, Chandler, so it's completely fresh. So I get why they do that. Plus, you know, Chandler just signed. He's he's definitely not going to fight. He doesn't have a fight lined up unless one of these guys drops out. So he's only serving as a backup at UFC 254. He's going to cut weight, he's going to make weight, he's training um so, yeah, I mean, he's he's doing it and the UFC are having him do it the right way, which is good. You know, it's not like someone's going to just fill in last minute, which is good. Uh, so, I'm, um, you know, that's great news. And, um, you know, you're going to have Chandler probably fight, you know, obviously if he doesn't fill in, he's going to probably fight one of those top contenders uh, within – you know, some time, you know, not long after probably UFC 254, you know, you got to see the result of that, you know, maybe he could be lined up for a title fight, who knows, you know, you got to see what Khabib wants with Khabib's last couple fights, but it's great to see Michael Chandler in the UFC. Speaking of the lightweight uh, division though, you know, Dana White also announced that they have some news for uh, Conor McGregor, you know, nothing official, but Apparently, Dana White and Conor McGregor have been in some talks. You know, he offered Conor some fun stuff for the start of next year. And, uh, you know, Conor seemed interested. Nothing's completely uh, official. Uh, Ariel Hawani also said that Conor's manager spoke to Ariel and in a similar manner about the same news. You know, some stuff potentially happening next year. And it makes me wonder, like, what could you know? What could it be? It's all right. It's gonna be in the beginning of the year. You look at the fights that are being made. I don't think it'll be a title fight. It sounds like some fun stuff. So it's probably gonna be like some kind of expedition, not expedition, but some kind of you know, claim prize fighter fight. And uh, it makes me wonder who. I mean, maybe you know the trilogy is always there with him and Nate Diaz. That's always there. You know, but I thought Nate Diaz was supposed to fight Jorge Masvidal. We'll see. You know, obviously that's in the mix too. Who knows if that'll happen? You know, they were in the talks, and then all of a sudden it went quiet. So maybe that's not going to happen anymore. So there's there's that. I mean, Connor could fight Jorge Masvidal. I don't like it for him stylistically, but that fight's there. I mean, there's always fights for Conor McGregor. You know, you even have the brother of Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, could fight Connor. There's there's always people to fight Connor. I feel like Connor was. Kind of in the quiet, and I, I always kind of said, you know, there's, I'm not going to talk about him until he starts being serious about fighting and, and until the UFC are ready for him to fight. But, you know, I do think he's going to fight probably in the beginning of next year. Dana did say, you know, it's not definite that he even will, but it's in the talks, so that's fun. It's always great to see him compete, and I think there's a lot there for him. There's a lot of different fights, um, yeah, and who knows? Maybe he would fight someone in the one hundred and fifty-five division that if he thinks they're big enough to, you know, fight. Um, Dana also confirmed that they do not have a fight for Tony Ferguson at UFC two hundred and fifty-four any longer. So Tony will not compete. Will not be competing at UFC two hundred and fifty-four, which I'm a little bit upset about. I wanted to see Tony Ferguson back in action. I I really wanted him to, you know, pick up a win that way he could be in that title contention moving forward. Um, and I was also interested to see who they were going to have matched up against him because they did say that they had someone else lined up for him, but it just never uh, accumulated to anything. So I wanted to see who, you know, that would have maybe been, but, you know... Dana kind of just sounded like everyone went quiet on him and uh, that kind of dropped. I do believe, though, that Tony Ferguson will fight in the near future. And now looking at it, now that Tony isn't fighting at UFC 254, I bet they can make Tony versus Poirier at a different event now. I wouldn't be surprised if they make that happen. I mean, I know Ferguson was really holding out on fighting with uh, Poirier. And uh, Poirier... The, you know, they also offered him a fight against Michael Chandler and apparently, you know, it was the same kind of issue with Poirier. He, you know, money and also I think he wanted to hold out for Ferguson. So sounding like it's the fight to make, you know, my opinion about it. But we could see in the future and even if we don't, whoever they fight next, you know, there's guys and and uh, should be fun to watch. So... little upset to see Ferguson not competing at UFC 254 but the card's still going to be good you know we're still seeing Khabib versus Gaethje which alone is going to be amazing I can't wait to watch that fight so you know UFC it's got always has its up and ups and downs obviously a great up with uh, Michael Chandler adding to the UFC 155 roster and Tonight, or not tonight, but tomorrow night, we're going to get some awesome, awesome fights. I can't wait, especially for that main event, you know. It's crazy. It's I feel like it's been such time, you know. They've been in such a rivalry for so long that uh, we're finally getting that fight. So, that was episode 7. It's September 18th. And uh, this was the 7th episode. So, I'll catch you guys later. Thank you guys for tuning in.